Welcome back to another episode of Yellow Noise. I'm Ellen. I'm Polly. And I'm Yoav. As we're entering into our late 20s, more and more people we know are looking into buying homes instead of renting. But home buying and ownership can be a very stressful and confusing process. So this week, we're bringing back Yoav to the podcast to talk about his experience with the home buying process. So to start things off, can you reintroduce yourself to our listeners? Hey everybody, uh, my name is Yoav. I am Ellen's boyfriend. You might have caught me on the boyfriend episode <laughs> together with Casper, aka at Stripes Music, at SoundCloud, and Instagram. I recently purchased a home in San Francisco together with my younger brother, who should be here right now, <laughs> um, but he couldn't make it. We purchased a duplex together in the wonderful city of San Francisco. So the first question we have, I know you mentioned that you guys bought a duplex, but was that originally the house you were looking for? And why did you guys decide on a duplex? So I have been kind of on and off looking for a home for like maybe like a year or two. At first, I, you know, because of budget that I had and just Ellen and I's lifestyle at the time was looking for, you know, a condo small like one bedroom maybe two bedroom um, something that was affordable but wasn't really finding any options there kind of backed off the market for a little bit and uh, recently you know my younger brother was also you know starting to get a little bit interested in real estate and we just had a unique situation where you know we're family have a great relationship so it could be a, a good situation for us to kind of own a duplex together we could split the cost get more bang for our buck each take a unit and maybe get kind of a nicer home, better investment opportunity. So we decided to start looking for duplexes. And it was um, much more appealing to me because the dollar per square foot on a duplex property is much more affordable. So that was about a few months ago. Um, and we ended up finding a, a duplex that we liked and, and pulled the trigger and it worked out. So maybe for some of our listeners who are less familiar with all the different home types, could you describe what a duplex is? Yes. So the different types of homes are single family home is the first type. And I think like condo also falls in this category. This is just a home uh, or maybe condo is a slightly different one, category. One, it's like one unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Single family home, I think, might have its own walls and a condo is maybe a part of an apartment building. But mm -hmm. uh, both of them are just a single unit. You kind of own it. There's no... You don't really, I mean, you could buy it together with someone and have someone else's name on the deed, but um, it's just a single unit. Then there are multifamily homes, which have more than one unit. So a duplex is one that has two units, but they can have like three, four, and like more and more units. And the idea with those are those tend to be like more rent, more typically like rental properties. Like maybe you have one person that owns two units and one of them lives in one of them and then the other is rented out. Mm. And past that, my real estate knowledge caps out, but I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's some more complex arrangements out there. So there's, there's a, at least in San Francisco, there is a type of home called a multifamily, which is two or more units, but it is owned by a single owner. But mm -hmm. then a condo can be owned, each of those units can be owned independently. So there's actually a process called condo conversion where you convert multifamily into a condo. Um, so it could have either been like a multifamily where one person just owned all of the buildings and rented or all the units and rented them out 
or it could have been independently owned condos, in which case a single person owned each of the units and the entire building was split up. Okay. Okay. What was the process of finding a realtor to work with like? Okay. This was, I think, a really important part of the process. So my parents have invested in a property before and they have a realtor. So that was my first try at finding the realtor. She didn't end up being too great. Um, I won't won't say her name, but uh, you know, wasn't the right fit for me. And I found a realtor eventually from my older brother who was also looking at some real estate. He was affiliated with Compass. So shout out Compass. His name is Marcus Lee. Shout out Marcus Lee. Excellent realtor. Has been in the San Francisco game for 20, 30 years. Amazing. I've already referred him multiple times. And then once you found a realtor, how long was the searching process for a home? Like how many places did you guys look at? And what was the most difficult part of that? I went through two searching processes. Processes? Processes? Processes. Process I. Process I. <laughs> the first process was when I was looking for a condo originally. That was probably two, three months. I went to maybe four to five open houses over the course of three to four weekends. Before that, my realtor had an automated email that would just send, send like every morning, send interesting stuff. Oh. Uh, and we would have some phone calls about it, about them, and then maybe decide to go to one on a weekend if it's if, if it seemed like an interesting fit. And then it basically never ends formally because you can look at the email alerts and then you can just not pick them up or not get interested in them. And unless your realtor is pushing you to kind of continue seeing open houses, it might just trail off. So that's what happened to me the first time around. The second time around, it probably took maybe like three to th- two to three months of like active looking. Um, And honestly, we were pretty close to giving up. We had made an offer on a place and just got blown out of the water. It was just like really demoralizing. We got way outbid and our realtor was like, yeah, you guys are going to have to step it up if you want to be competitive. And we just got really demoralized. Uh, So my younger brothers like basically stopped looking at houses, but I would get alerts every once in a while and like take a look. And, And there was, we just happened to come across one where we thought, oh, this location is really, really nice. We looked at it. It was really great. We were like... Let's, let's try it out, making a pretty modest offer that we didn't think was super competitive. And uh, we ended up getting lucky that time. So that was the conclusion of, of uh, my second kind of home searching journey. Yeah, as someone who was part of that search, I would say definitely the most difficult part is having these expectations for what you want and then looking in a city like San Francisco, which again, this probably differs city to city, but in San Francisco, all of the places are really old and a lot of them are like slightly fixer uppers. So it's more like imagining what you can make out of that space and how much that dream would cost Mm -hmm. um, added on top of the cost of the house. I think San Francisco is just a really hard market to buy in where the quality is kind of falling apart and the price is really high. So finding something that is livable for you within your price range is really hard in San Francisco. Oh yeah, starter homes in San Francisco are really hard. It, it never feels like you have enough money to buy the right thing. So you typically mm-hmm. have to like, or buy the thing that you, that you really want. You know, all of that is like, oh, $10 million, $20 million <laughs> houses. So you're like, okay, you have to deal with some constraints. And I mm-hmm. think I think that is probably the case with like most people that are like, especially for your first home, you might not have the exact amount of funds that you want for your like long-term home. So you have to deal with some constraints. You have to like figure out what's, 
what are you willing to give up? You know, mm-hmm. no parking spot, smaller home, busy street. In my case, all three. <laughs> <laughs> so in that process, did you find all the stereotypes, I guess, about home buying in San Francisco to be relatively true? Like competing against cash-only offers, people doing 500000 above the asking price or no contingency, all of those kinds of things? Certain things, yes. No contingency, for instance, is a good example. Like our realtor just told us, yeah, yeah, if you, if you do any contingencies, like you're not going to be competitive. It's just pretty standard. The home we ended up succeeding with, uh, actually, I think we got a little lucky. Like, so we, we didn't face like compet- competition that mm-hmm. much. So mm-hmm. I think we didn't deal with like, oh, someone like coming in with all cash offer or like going 30% over asking or something like that. Mm-hmm. So for us, not, not too much. But I've had some friends that also bought in, in the same range, like in the, around a month after I did and did face crazy stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I had a friend who went through, I think he and his girlfriend submitted eight or 10 offers yeah. and they wow. all got rejected. They saw like 30 places. <laughs> Jeez. There was definitely a lot less competition looking for a duplex as opposed to single family home. So you guys kind of had an advantage there where just the amount of buyers in the space were less. But at the same time, the amount of available places to buy was also quite quite a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lower demand, lower supply on duplexes yep. and multifamily in general. So what was the closing process like and what happens after the seller accepts your offer? Closing is pretty stressful because you basically sign this contract saying, okay, in X days, this deal is going to happen or either party can pull out uh, mm-hmm. legally. And you go into the process thinking, okay, like I, we agreed on a price. That's it, right? Like that's, like we agreed on a price. Let's, let's, let's make the deal happen. But there's uh, just so many steps that need need to happen to to fully transfer a very large sum of money from one person to another person. And I think one of the things that slows it down a lot is there's probably like five or six parties involved. Like you have your mortgage lender, you have your realtor, you have the buyer, you have the seller, you have escrow, you have inspectors, like all these like different types of parties and they all need to communicate amongst each other and you have a fixed amount of time to do it. So you're just really trying to push something forward and there's like always something blocking. So you feel like a project manager a little bit (laughs) or you're like, you you have to try to sequence stuff and like push things forward. And usually you'll have have a good mortgage uh, lender who will like help you along the process and your realtor will help you along the process. But you definitely have to do a little bit of shepherding. Do you feel like the seller is equally motivated to push that process forward though, or do you feel like you had to push more from your side? There's not much the seller can do in that process actually, because it's really the buyer going through all these checks in order to say that they can have the money, like they can loan the money to buy the place. So that's not really like on the seller, it's on the buyer to confirm all of that. And you guys had a big problem with one aspect. What was it? The we had uh, one one part of the process is to to the mortgage lender, the bank who loans you the money for the mortgage, has to confirm that the home value, the pe- the value you're paying for the home, is not crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, if you default on your mortgage, like they'll be able to sell it and like reasonably make their money back. Like worst worst case. And it's, I'm, I'm like honestly blanking on what, what, the, what the process is called. But, oh, appraisal. 
Mm-hmm. It's an appraisal. So they have to get a third party in there to evaluate the price of the house to basically tell you like, oh, you way overpaid for this house or you like way underpaid for this house, which is nerve wracking in itself because you find out like, oh, am I a sucker here? But uh, the the appraisal appraisers were like, for some reason during my co- uh, closing process really held up. So it was so hard to find an appraiser. The, the best job to have, the most in-demand job to have at the time. Yeah. We were literally, our, us and our mortgage lender, we were like offering two times, three times to appraisers. We were like, we'll pay anything, just come and appraise it. And our appraisers were like, no, we're busy. Like, we can't do it. Get in line. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we can't. We can't do it. So so that was like a few weeks delayed. Then because of that, everything else got delayed. And then we had to talk to the seller and tell her, tell them things were getting delayed. And it was, uh, it was a whole process, but we made it through. And I, I get the sense that closing is always, you know, there's some obstacles that come up and you have to deal with them. And you have this like deadline that you have to deal with them by. Mm-hmm. Right. I think overall, maybe for some people, the closing process is a lot easier. But just with how hot the market is right now, there are just so many constraints to getting the things you needed at the right time so as a result you guys actually had to ask the seller for an extension because they couldn't do everything within the 30 days luckily the seller agreed so everything um rolled out peacefully in the end and the the house was successfully closed yeah but if it's if you're facing like competition the seller could just be like well i got this other offer (laughs) you know so that's that would be way more stressful for us but we were kind of like oh the seller doesn't really have too many other options so but uh it worked out did you have to write a letter as a part of your application okay my mom like that was like the first thing she was like she was like yo you need to write a letter and (laughs) her recommendation was like listen yo Tell her how you're a young professional in the city. You have a girlfriend. You guys are struggling. And owning a home would mean so much to you. Like our relationship was struggling. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Like, like Financially? Like, yeah, just like, oh, you know, we're like a young couple that's struggling. Like, make, make it seem like the home is going to be like everything to you. And like it will completely change your life and all this stuff. I feel um, like, don't you not want to say you're struggling financially? Yeah, you you're, yeah, yeah, you're like, me struggling was the wrong word. Like, it would mean so much to, mm. to you to accelerate your life in, in every way to get this home. But we didn't write a letter. <laughs> oh. We did not write a letter. We, uh, we, we, wrote a, we wrote a letter to rent our current apartment because when we rented the apartment we're currently living in, it was also a very hot market and they had received 27 offers to rent this place. And we were not the highest bidder for rent at the time <laughs> i didn't even know you could bid on rent and then our friend kathy actually suggested that we write a letter and i guess that that really got through to the owner of the house letting her know we were a young couple who have <laughs> been together in san francisco for many years had a strong relationship and <laughs> we're we're tied to this place where we grew up and, and all that jazz <laughs> So what now? Since you've bought the house, what are you going to do with it? And what are you most excited about? It has a great backyard. So I'm really excited for us to put some furniture in it. Ella and I have been looking at some excellent outdoor furniture. It has a giant wall, like a 20-foot wall. This thing is crazy. It's it's taller than our house. It's 
for complicated reasons, I guess, where it's built, it's taller than the actual house. It's because the house behind us is very big, so they yeah. built a big wall. <laughs> I don't know why it's there, but them. there's a giant wall there, so we're excited to do things with that wall. Like, we have all these ideas, like, we're going to commission a muralist, we're going to put a projector on it, like, all this stuff. So, Turn it into a rock climbing wall. Yeah, so many, so many ideas, so many ideas for that wall. Uh, but the backyard, we're pretty stoked about. One thing we did do was some interior renovations prior to moving in. So we're in the middle of um, y'all have hired a contractor to repaint the inside of the unit, which is nice. And also it was a older, I mean, every house in San Francisco is kind of old and there were still some remnants of that older time. Like there's a fireplace that's kind of blocked off and there was just some interesting victorian furnishing in the house like some mm. corner shelving and stuff so it was we, ugly <laughs> it was pretty ugly so we had that torn out like the shelves didn't even work oh <laughs> it was just bad yeah the house is over 100 years old so there are some structural challenges and san francisco is an earthquake city <laughs> um so there's some some uh, sketchiness there and we're going to be fixing that up over the course of the next few years so any last advice for anyone looking to buy a house right now? I've heard the market is pretty hot right now for single family homes. So I actually heard that it might not be the best time to buy a single family home just because it's so competitive. For duplexes, we had a pretty good time. So I think it, it, it was a pretty good time in April and May. Not actually sure about the, the, the timing now, but we're in this post-COVID era, so I think no one really knows. The markets have reacted very weirdly over the last year, and I think in a lot of unexpected ways. So it's pretty hard to predict when to time the market. So have no advice for time the market, <laughs> in summary. For, for buying the, the house, I think one of the, the best things about our process was the realtor. Uh, so I think focusing on getting a really good realtor first to guide you through the, all of the process, especially if you're a first-time home buyer, I think was is my recommendation. They t they do take a hefty cut, so if you're very <laughs> knowledgeable about the home buying process, don't do it. But we were not, and very grateful for our realtor that helped us walk through all of the different challenges that arise. I would say, yeah, definitely having a good realtor really helped out here since neither of us have bought a house before so none of us knew how this process looked like and also because he was a very trustworthy person we trusted the recommendations he gave for other people that could help out in the process uh, i would also say one thing is to be very very flexible around timelines as you heard the appraisal took longer than expected so that kind of delayed the whole closing process and at the same time we originally thought, oh, like now that the place is closed, we can move out of our current apartment and like plan for that move. But we also had to delay that move by one month because it was equally hard to find a contractor during this time because I guess everyone is remodeling their homes right now. But we went through multiple introductions to contractors until we found someone who was willing to do the work that we wanted at a decent price. And then that process can take longer than you expected to as well. So just like keep that in mind when planning the rest of your life around moving. <laughs> Shout out Compass. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. 
Thank you, Yella, for joining us to tell us about your first home buying process. This was a super exciting time for both you and I, and <laughs> I'm excited to have so many friends that we can share the new home with. If you're interested in more content from us, don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Yellow Noise Pod, where you can learn more about Yellow and the other guests we've had on our podcast as well. And with that, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.